Introducing Mind.px from Mindera Health. Confidently prescribe the right biologic drug class for your psoriasis patients with over 91% PPV using a simple dermal biomarker patch. Learn more at MindiraHealth.com. You're listening to the Derms and Conditions Podcast. Hello, this is Dr. Jim Dorasso from Las Vegas, Nevada, once again bringing you a, an excellent podcast, Terms and Conditions, and we hope you've been enjoying these. These have been moving along. So far, we've gotten great feedback, and I expect we're going to get great feedback today because I'm talking to a dermatologist that I love hanging out with personally. But we have more to talk about his professional background and what he brings to the table. It's Dr. Gary Goldenberg, who's a dermatologist in New York City. He's in private practice and is also volunteer clinical faculty at Mount Sinai. He has a storied background in dermatology, extremely well-trained, dermatopathologist. uh, And on the side of it, I wish we could have him whip out his guitar and play some power chords, but... Maybe that's for a podcast at another time. Gary, great to have you here. Jim, it's such a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Okay. Okay. So no power chords, but power information. So we're into this realm, and I know you've talked about it, and I've heard you talk about precision medicine, where we're developing techniques that we can use in clinical practice that we can apply either in our offices or patients can have access to them or are sometimes done on laboratory specimens that help us either improve our diagnostic accuracy, correlating it with our clinical judgment, but sometimes changing that based on the result of the tests, and now even moving further into predicting responses to therapies. But let's start with some of the diagnostic testing that's done that that and how have you integrated these into your practice well i think this is uh this is sort of the future of medicine and you know some people use this buzz term of precision medicine and i think we're in dermatology we're sort of moving in that direction i think some of our colleagues and other specialties um, are a bit ahead of us but we're sort of we're sort of uh catching up i think quite rapidly and I think when I think about this in, uh, in the big picture kind of a sense, I think it's about combining human intelligence, which is our clinical skill set, diagnostic skill set, sort of the way we talk to patients, sort of the holistic experience of getting the patient in and out and, uh, you know, explaining all the options, et cetera, with some artificial intelligence, some computer learning, some machine learning that helps us just do our jobs that we're doing now even better. I know, I know that, you know, we all think that we're doing a great job and I think that everyone listening to this podcast surely is doing a great job, but I think we could all agree that we could probably do a little bit better for our patients, whether it's being more accurate and precise with which lesions we choose to biopsy or how we treat certain uh, lesions, especially pigmented lesions, because that's sort of a, a hot controversial topic to choosing the right biologic for our patients uh, with moderate to severe psoriasis. I think a lot of what we're doing is sort of uh, trial and error and based on our experience. And I think it's great to combine experience with some scientific data to improve the way that we take care of patients. And I think that's all it's about. We're, we're here to take the best care of patients that we can. So one of the concerns I have when something new comes along is that it, you know, it's like getting the first model of a car. 
right? Do I want to be the one to get it while I'm still working out the bugs? So I don't want to be working out the bugs with my patients. I want to know I'm already using a test or a technology that I could depend on for its accuracy. So I know you're at the leading edge of this. I would say cutting edge, but sometimes it ends up in you not cutting based on the information that you get, right? So, so can you talk about some of the technologies you've used? Because I know you've you've been pretty advanced with some of this in your practice. Sure. And I, I think I think that's a very fair point, but what's different um, than buying a new computer or a new phone is this and the, you know, these tests are vetted. So they're vetted through clinical trials. They're vetted through the agency, through the regulatory agency. So at least we have a little bit more information than just using something new. So I think um, a great example is a test called Nevisense, uh, which is electrical impedance spectroscopy. So I have the first commercially available unit in the United States. I was literally the first person to buy one um, to use in my office. And this is a, a test that essentially helps me determine which pigmented lesion is more likely to be atypical. And those are the ones we really try to biopsy and send off to the lab to see if they, you know, they can be left alone after the biopsy or they, you know, they need further therapy versus those that are more benign that can be watched. And I think that test has really um, changed the way that I practice because it's not just my clinical skill set, because I still need to sort of pick the ones that I, I want to test with the electrical impedance spectroscopy test. Um, but uh, I'm being much more precise with biopsying lesions that are, you know, worry me, but also worry this, this device. And I think with that, we're able to decrease the number of um, lesions that we're biopsying that are more likely to be benign and increase the, um, at least we think we can increase you know, the, the, the rate of biopsying the ones that are more atypical. So I think that's just a good example of, uh, of a new technology we've adopted and it works well with my office flow and my patient type. And I, I think that's been a great addition to the practice. And I would imagine patients, if they've not had that experience, they're used to going in and they have, you know, somebody in their family or people they know that maybe had a melanoma or had an abnormal mole and they're concerned about it. Um, and they say, wow, this is going the extra step, not just looking at it with their eye or maybe a dermatoscope, but actually being more precise. So I would imagine some of the patients are, there's a wow factor with that. Do you find that? hundred percent. I think patients are very happy that we're, you know, not only are we using our eyes visually inspecting and a dermatoscope, but also then using a device um, that really it's, it gives you a predictive score. It's an AI qualifier. And based on that score, you can actually quote them the risk of a spot being more likely to be typical versus less likely to be typical. And, you know, the test only takes a few minutes and you get a result within a minute. So it's, you know, it's the American way. It's instant gratification when it comes to running the test. So from that perspective, I think it's worked very well. Yeah, I could run through and get the type of hamburger I want and then go to the dermatologist's office and, and get the right lesion evaluated or the right lesions evaluated. So how about the effect on the flow? Because there are other tests, too, that we're going to be talking about. Or, or But we have to integrate these into the practice. And certainly there's going to be a concern about how much is this holding up a room? How much is this holding up my staff? has to be functional logistically. Yeah, I, I think that um, dermatologists in general, we're, we're kind of good at making things work. And, you know, for me, this test only takes a few minutes. So whether you're using this technology or using maybe a smart sticker technology, or you're, you know, you're using uh, the sticker in your office, sending it in and then getting a result back and bringing the patient back 
if it's if the lesion is deemed to be atypical, I, I think that we can. It certainly doesn't take so much time to completely break up my my flow of practice. And I think a, a total skin check is already taken uh, a while. So whether you biopsy spot or use a test, I, I think that you sort of have to build that into your schedule to begin with. So Gary, let's move on to another area. This is there are other examples of diagnostic testing, things that are even done on laboratory specimens, and uh, but I want to move on to now getting into treatment selection, where you might have a test that tells you, you know, we have a lot of new agents out there. Some of these are are give us tremendous efficacy for disease states like psoriasis or atopic dermatitis. They're expensive right? And so they carry that baggage aspect with them. And it would be nice to be able to say, you know, this patient with, with pretty diffuse, bothersome psoriasis has been refractory to con- standard therapies. I mean, you know that situation where they're going to respond better maybe to one particular systemic or biologic agent as compared to another. What do you think about that direction? Because we have some technologies there that are right in front of us. So, can you discuss that? Because I know you're involved in that aspect, not only cosmetic and surgical practice, but medical dermatology. Uh, Jimmy, exactly right. I think that if we if we look at the slew of different biologics available to treat our psoriasis patients with moderate to severe disease, I, I think a lot of times it's tough to figure out which one to start with. And um, I know sometimes that our colleagues will say, well, we'll just pick whatever one the insurance company says they'll cover, but that's not the right way to practice medicine. It's really our job to, to, uh, to, to sort of tailor the treatment to what the patient's disease is. And there is a test that's, um, that's, uh, that's been developed and approved that can actually help us determine which biologic the patient is more likely to respond to. Now, I think as a sort of as a big picture, the biologics have gotten so good. I mean, all of them are really, 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 you know, very, very good data as far as clearance goes and, and safety goes. And, you know, regardless of what the pathway that they're blocking, and there are some differences. But I think still in clinical practice, some patients respond better to one drug versus another. And we don't really understand why from a, from a clinical trial perspective. But now we have a way to correlate sort of the patient's expression of psoriasis based on their RNA from a psoriasis lesion with whether or not they're more likely to be a responder to say an IL-23 class versus an IL-17 class. And I think that's something that's very helpful uh, because as we know, a lot of our moderate to severe psoriasis patients are untreated or undertreated. And I think a lot of times you only have really one chance to get it right because if the patient is disappointed in the response, they may sort of go under again and not resurface for a while. So I think it's important to um, get them the right medicine that has the highest chance of being successful. And if you think about sort of the expense of the drug, well, wouldn't you want to pick the the drug that's going to be most effective from the get-go and not go through something that's less effective? Because that's really a waste of time and money for for you, for the patient, and for the entire healthcare system. So I think that this this kind of a a test is is something that's very helpful, again, going back to that precision medicine. So Gary... We're going to take a break right now, so hang tight. I'll be getting back to you. I have some some other questions because you're enlightening me today, which I always appreciate. But now we're going to take a break for a word from our sponsor. No more trial and error. 
now confidently prescribe the right biologic drug class for your psoriasis patients with the dermal intelligence of Mind.px from Mindira Health. Please visit MindiraHealth.com to learn more. So Gary, from a clinical perspective, you know, we, we may be talking to the patient or getting information from the patient or their history that leads us to want to pick one particular biologic versus another because of certain comorbidities where one biologic, there may be more risk, another one may be more advantageous. So we certainly, it doesn't, the testing doesn't get rid of our clinical judgment. But now we are selecting where, where we have, like you said, different options. You know, we have anti-TNFs, we have anti-IL-23s, we have anti-IL-17s, and we may select one initially. And for whatever reason, there needs to be a change, or the patient is not responding as well, or has a problem, or an insurance change, where we then need to go to a second biologic. Wouldn't it be nice to know, even if you had a test that showed you you could use either one, but there's one class that likely is not to work as well. It's nice to know that, even in that scenario where you may be picking the second biologic. Because there was one article by Bruce Strober um, and some other colleagues in dermatologic therapy in 2021 about half the patients that received biologics for psoriasis you are on two biologics. It's not necessarily the first one they started with. So can you give some perspective on how this might affect treatment selection in the clinical arena? I think that's exactly right. Um, I, I think that um, many of our patients go through, through, uh, through many biologics in their lifetime. And in fact, you know, when a patient asks me if I, if I put them on a biologic, regardless of the mechanism of action, whether it's a TNF or a 23 inhibitor, you know, how long am I going to be on this medication? My answer is always for as long as it keeps working, because we know that eventually these drugs fail our patients or the patient's psoriasis or the immunologic response of the psoriasis changes in a way and they maybe five, seven years down the road, they may not work as well or their insurance changes, which is, of course is a fair enough uh, reason to, to switch. So I think whether it's the first time you're starting somebody on a biologic or whether you're switching off for uh, you know, a reason that it's, it's not working as well or insurance change, I do think it's important to know what the best response is. So I don't think this a test like this, I, I think would not only be important when you're starting therapy, but also if you're switching or continuing therapy. And Jim, I think your point about using your sort of clinical judgment as to where to start is a very important one because patients may have different comorbidities, um, whether they have cervical arthritis or whether they have um, coronary artery disease that we know is related to arthritis or whether they have inflammatory bowel disease, which you may not want to use a certain class of medication. All of these things are important. And when you get this test back, um, you know, if it says respond and not respond there, if somebody has Crohn's or ulcerative colitis, you're not going to put them on an IL-17 inhibitor, you know, even if they're going to be responded to that medication. So you still have to use your clinical judgment and you still have to use your clinical mindset in order to pick the right medication for the patient. So, you know, the way I look at it is the buck always stop, stops with me. I'm the ultimate decision maker when it comes to whether it's therapy or figuring out what to do with a pigmented lesion. But I want to gather as much information as possible so then I can make the most intelligent decision along with my patient as to which direction of therapy we're going to go for. And I think that's, I think that's the best that we can do at this point. So this particular technology, which is called MindPX, utilizes a patch. So we're not talking about a blood test or something you have to get a skin biopsy. And it utilizes, you know, 
evaluating a variety of, you know, RNA through RNA over 7,000 different patterns that they're looking for to predict the response of the biologics. So it's relatively simple and time efficient to do. Uh, the patients can do it at home and actually send the information in. But what struck me when I read about it is there's a better than 91% positive predictive value for all three biologic classes. And we'll give you the results independently for each of those, whether the patient's going to be a responder or a non-responder to an anti-TNF, an anti-IL-23, or an anti-IL-17. I could picture clinicians saying, I already know that, you know, I, I, you know, I know what they're going to res respond to. But sometimes the results are different. And in surveying some of the dermatologists, many of them said, over 90% said that Based on the test result, I would change my initial impression, right, from what I thought I was going to use based on the result of the test, as long as there's not any clinical reason why I would not use that class. So what do you think about that? You, you think that is really what would happen in the real world? Well, if you treat enough patients with moderate to severe psoriasis with a biologic, you'll come across a patient that, let's say, was responding very well to a drug that if you look at a clinical trial data, you're like, you know, you know, this drug is good, but it's not the best. Just, you know, just looking at PASI or complete clearance rates. And then you put them on something that you think has a higher, you know, clearance rate in a study and the patient doesn't do as well. Well, why is that? Well, it's because there's something different about their biology, the biology of their disease that makes their disease different than other patients. And I think, again, just, just to reiterate, I think having the most information I think is always useful. So when you get this, the you know when you get the uh, Mind PX test back, and it says you know TNF responder, IL seventeen non-responder, IL twenty three responder, you can then pick between TNF and IL twenty three. It's still your decision of as to which pay, you know which drug would be better for your patient. And I'm not picking an IL seventeen. You know you're going to have some that are IL seventeen responder but non-responder to the other classes. So um, I, I think that that kind of information is helpful. And I also think it's helpful for the patients because here we're committing them to maybe some laboratory testing, to an expensive therapy, to you know, using, you know, using injections on a regular basis, regular follow-ups. Wouldn't we wanna tell our patients, look, we ran this extra test and you're right, it's an easy test. It's essentially a strip of, um, of, of keratinocytes from, from, the, from, the, uh, from the skin that goes in and gets analyzed. Wouldn't you want to tell the patient, look, we ran this really precise test and we know that out of the three classes that are available, this is the one or these are the ones that we think you're going to do the best with. I think getting compliance, improving compliance, improving the patient's buy-in um, would be higher with, with, with something like this. And again, I, I do think that there's going to be cost saving to the system, where you, whereas you put them on the medication that's going to be the most effective, at least based on this, these data, the most effective from the get-go as opposed to that trial and error. And look, you know, if you think, if you're worried about taking the time to do it in your office, well, how much time does it take for your staff to do a prior authorization for a biologic that may not work for the patient, right? So there's, you know, so I think at the end of the day, um, this kind of a test would give us the most precise way to treat our patients. We're still the decision makers, obviously together with the patient. Um, and I think at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's gonna improve everyone's experience, our experience, our staff's experience, and most importantly, our patient's experience.
Well, I, I think the fact that it's something that's not invasive, it's obtaining a transcriptome and the analysis has been vetted in terms of the accuracy and that it's functionally easy to do and the patient can actually do it at home and then you get a report back telling you that information. You know, if, if that works out logistically, um, which has been vetted to be able to do, uh, I, I would certainly welcome that because it's nice to have that additional information. Because sometimes I find out that I'm not necessarily as good as I always thought I was based on my clinical judgment, which is usually very good. But getting the assistance of some, it's like getting the assistance of a blood test. We're familiar with that, right? And because we're so used to it. But I think it's important for us to embrace some of these newer technologies, have an open mind, and then decide if they work for us. And it sounds like that you've done this and you're ahead of the game. And the rest of us are always trying to catch up with Gary Goldenberg. That's That's been my experience. So thanks a lot. And thanks for the information. And we'll certainly have some follow-up down the line with you as we we gain more information on these tests that we discussed and some others that are out there and new ones will be coming along. Thanks a lot, Gary. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Derms and Conditions. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at podcasts at fred.health. And most importantly, if you like this episode, subscribe to the Derms and Conditions podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows. Thanks for joining us. Precision Medicine and Dermatology, now realized thanks to Mindera Health. Please visit MindiraHealth.com to learn how the Mind.px Dermal Biomarker Test can help you confidently prescribe the right biologic drug class for your psoriasis patients.